When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You're tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. If Michael Monroe Goodman's middle name sounds familiar... Yes, there's a good reason. Michael's parents were friends with Bill Monroe for years. And yes, there's more to this story. Michael joins me for this edition of Americana Music Profiles as we talk about the Bill Monroe connection, his musical career, and his third full-length album, When the Rain Came. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, it's so glad to be here. Glad to have you join us all the way from Los Angeles, California. Los Angeles, California. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that's been home for you for the whole time, though, has it? No, no, no. I uh, uh, I grew up in southern Kentucky in Bowling Green. Kentucky grew up there and spent most of my life there and in Nashville and then uh, lived in Louisville, Kentucky a while and then lived, lived in Chicago for a while doing Broadway stuff up there and wow. comedy and music and then came to L.A., about six years ago, uh, for who knows what reason, uh, <laughs> uh, I guess to try to see what see what it was like out here. Or whatever, yeah, but okay. Uh, yeah, I'm just a southern southern boy at heart, so it's it's I'm very much like a fish out of water out here. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. can imagine. Have yeah. you been pursuing entertainment? Uh, I, I think you've done some stage work, music. Has that kind of been what you do for a living, or or is that part of what you do? That's that's mostly what I do. I mean, um, you know, when I was in Chicago, uh, I was lucky enough to be in some really big uh, Broadway sit-down shows there. And so uh, when I was there, that was I was making a good living doing that. Yeah. And uh, the you know, and so that was it was good because I was making money doing that, and it was like great. I can have the money to put into my music uh-huh. and stuff and be my own boss. Um, you know, so when I came out to LA, the thought was, well, I'll, I'll use, use the connections, whatever I have in Chicago and I'll come to LA maybe I can do uh, TV work or voiceover work or all kinds of stuff. And, and, you know, which will just kind of cross promote and still make, make good money where I can make music the way I want and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And, uh, it, that kind of didn't happen or hadn't happened at all. And so, but what has happened since I came to LA is I put together, a real good band and have uh, been lucky enough to kind of be the um, the one of only a, a couple like real old school country guys in LA. So that kind of, I mean, there's not a huge yeah. country market in LA right? Uh, or even a big live music market in LA anymore. But, um, but what, what country music outlets there are in LA and the surrounding area, I've been fortunate enough that uh, they've 
embraced me pretty good, and I, I stay stay fairly busy playing all the venues around here because okay, I'm like that's awesome. one of the only guys that's uh, gutsy enough to play old country music. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. we live in a time right now where that music is actually back in vogue a little bit. So yeah, uh, that, that, that's I'm sure a nice um, bonus to, to have in your favor. Oh yeah, yeah. It's what's really good right now is I mean the, the beauty of the the internet the internet uh, revolution with you know artists can be independent artists and you don't technically you don't need a, a big label or anything like that like you used to have mm -hmm. to you can pretty much be exposed to anyone so it comes with its own pros and cons one it it, uh, it anyone can uh, be out there but also that also the problem with that is anyone can be out there so then you got flood of a market of you know uh, a lot of people that otherwise would have been weeded out by mm -hmm. the old school formula of you know uh, so it, it's a it's a much more uh, watered down market but if you're uh i guess i don't consider myself marketing savvy whatever i'm trying to figure it out but if you can make yourself marketing savvy as a as a as a good artist and you have something people you know want to hear uh, if you can get it out there you can be your own boss and you could have a 100% uh, connection to your fans with, with no middleman or anything like that. I think that's, I mean, organically, I think that's the, the, the way, the best possible way it could be for mm -hmm. the fans and for the music artists to not have any, you know, uh, naysayers or, or uh, label heads or whatever in between the fans yeah. and the artists. And with social media, you can just talk directly to them. And so it's navigating that whole thing of figuring that out and how right. to, beat the algorithm and all that other stuff to uh, connect uh, artists with, with their fans. But I think once you do that, then you're, you're home free then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. A, that's a good, uh, good analysis. Um, yeah. Backing up a little bit, you've uh, got pretty deep roots um, with, with yeah. the uh, music, country music, bluegrass yeah. music kind of thing, even to the point that you've got a, pretty famous middle name <laughs> yeah pretty famous uh yeah my, my parents were my parents were good friends with bill monroe before i was born mm -hmm. and my dad was obsessed with him and so uh they went to my parents went to church where uh or went to one of the church or whatever that bill went to down in tennessee because mm -hmm. we grew up i grew up in bowling green which is only like 30 40 minutes from nashville and so uh my parents would go to church with Bill. My dad, like, befriended him. Of course, Bill's real friendly. Mm -hmm. uh, anyone that, you know, would want to talk to him, he'd, he'd make friends real easily. So my dad was my dad was real outgoing friendly, so he wanted to be friends with Bill. And so they got to know him. And then when uh, Mom was expecting me, they asked for Bill's blessing uh, to name me Monroe. And Bill was uh, happy about that. And so um, from the time I was right, I mean, even before I was born, while I was in my mom's woman or whatever they were backstage you know probably once a month or something at the at the opry with bill mm. you know he'd, he'd let him uh, he'd you know let my parents come in and hang out backstage uh and whatnot so being around that so and then even after i was born i would go there as a baby my parents would go there probably once or once a month or every other month or something like that and be backstage with bill in the dressing rooms at, at, at the grand Ole opry and you know, so as a baby, it was just like this baby getting tossed around yeah. backstage at Grand Ole Opry. And, uh, you know, I just kind of soaked it all in for the first three years of my life uh, until my parents split up. And then, 
you know, so, uh, but I mean, I, after that, I'd, I'd see Bill just at like festivals or stuff with my dad on the weekends uh, and stuff. But I grew up around Bill and I had no, uh, no idea as a kid who Bill Monroe mm, okay. was as a, as a legend, as a pioneer mm-hmm. to me, he was just like uncle Bill, you mm-hmm. know? And so, you know, he was always real great to me. And, and, uh, so, you know, I just kind of grew up around him. I didn't realize until later on in my years, uh, what, how much he meant to me, mm-hmm. uh, in my, in my, just my psyche and my life as a person, you know, it wasn't until he passed away, and I've seen him several times before he passed away as a teenager. Uh, you know, being a teenager, and I was busy with my own things, but I've seen him a few times before he passed away. But when he passed away and me and my dad went to the funeral, uh, that was kind of when it hit me, mm. the, the loss of how much he meant to me, and also kind of hit me being at the funeral. And, you know, Ralph Stanley and Ricky Skagg were there singing uh you know hymns at the mm-hmm. at the burial site and stuff that kind of all hit me the light hit me then of like the blessing of of the kind of uh musical pioneer that i got yeah. to grow up around and you know feel like family around him you know just because you know the, what the relationship way it was is how good he was to me and, and everything so it was just you know it just really made an impact on me and it, it, was, it was another reason i um several years ago when I started uh I mean I've I've put out albums since I put out my first album when I was like 19 that was in 99 oh, or something wow, like cool. that that was my first experiment putting out my own music you know but I was still had a lot to learn as far as my sound and and uh, production and everything but then when I put out um my Unbreakable Heart album back in 2015 I put it out and was promoting it and stuff and kind of found out there was way too many Michael Goodmans in the world. And, um, cause that's a pretty boring common name, common name, <laughs> but, um, but I, uh, a lot of people, my mom would always call me Moreau. Usually when I got in trouble, mm-hmm. I hear my middle name as a kid. And I was kind of, and some people said, you know, I was like, why don't you go by your full name? Cause it's like such a good, yeah. All three names. And I was kind of like, well, you know, I was like, I was like, yeah, maybe I will. I was one. I ain't got to worry about, uh, being confused with anybody else right. uh there's no one I'll, I'll google search there was no one in the world i could find that had all three names right and so uh and i was like well that'd be good and plus two it's like you know kind of wearing a badge of of where i came from mm-hmm. so ever since then now now everybody uh just knows me as michael monroe goodman so it's it's funny people from upbringing or whatever you know aren't used to that so it, it's been forever since i've just been called michael goodman and it's kind of uh kind of took that out and, and, and i wear it with pride because i mean uh, sure yeah i, I want to i'm very proud of, of of what it stands for uh with bill and then too i just want to kind of honor kind of honor him but do my own thing mm-hmm. uh obviously but there's a lot of things about him that i i see myself do very adamantly i mean one with just like the business side of things and, and especially being out here in la there's a lot of great musicians out here but a lot of the musicians I took for granted uh, where I come from. You'd put together a band and you just throw out a song and everybody knew it, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and he, out here in California, you know, I just, I was like, let's do this old, uh, you know, Merle Haggard song. And people were just looking at me, like, I never heard that. And I'm thinking, <laughs> how do y'all not know, you know, right, but right, you, yeah. just, you know, so a lot of what I've done having a band out here in California is I've been like, not just a band leader and a songwriter, 
but I've kind of been like the mentor of like educating and teaching ah, cool. okay. my band about country music history and how to play it, hmm. you know, and the essence, the essence, teach them the essence of it. And you know, Bill very much, that was Bill's whole thing, his whole career, you know, as he would find talented musicians uh, for the Bluegrass Boys and bring them in. And, you know, you'd find these kids, usually kids, there were usually people join mm-hmm. Bill's band were, you know, teenagers or just young adults and had never left their hometown. And Bill would pick them up off the side of the road, basically, after an audition, and they'd just go on the road with him. And But he, but he, he had his own sound, and he meticulously train them you know to play his music his way and the way that what he defined bluegrass music and what bill Monroe music was and so it's like everyone that played with bill back then like got an education mm-hmm. in it and i mean a lot of people from that went on you know, like dale mccurry and and uh, lots of numerous other cats went on from bill and made their own name as bluegrass artists you know it was like kind of they kind of got an education mm-hmm with bill playing like that and i've noticed in the last few years i've like been like oh cool i'm kind of doing that now with when i have to get a new band member or whatever it's mm-hmm. like a it's, a it's a training process but it's real fun because i train them but then they they you know uh they get real excited about it because i'm like teaching them uh you know about classic country yeah or you know, country and bluegrass and uh you know and they're excited about it and you know and, and fascinated i guess with how involved in it I am and my, I mean, it seemed, I, I forget a lot of times, I take it for granted. I, it's so second nature to me. I mean, given I just, I guess I've been around my whole life. It's so second nature to me of like the essence of, of, of country music and things. And I just forget that a lot of times I'll say things to my band or say things to people. And my wife has to remind me, she's like, you got to realize not everybody knows everything about country music. <laughs> it doesn't right. come as natural. Right, right. Everybody else that does you. So I got like, Oh yeah, right. I got to like bridge the gap and, and I kind of not realize that it's it's not everybody's world sure, yeah. in the way it is in the way it is mine. So, you know, it 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 was I was like an adult before I started realizing things of like I said, like growing up around Bill. It was I was like an adult before I realized the magnitude of like man, I was really blessed with an education yeah, yeah. of country music. That like a lot of country music uh, uh, fans would, or you know, musicians would would kill to have that education, and so. Right. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the interview. As an observer, you weren't even in his band, so you had a, a completely different perspective. Right, right, and it's right. I think that's what a lot of, uh, yeah, I think that's why I, I resemble him more in personality mm-hmm. than uh, musician-wise. I mean, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut a bluegrass or, or several bluegrass albums one day. Um, or a tribute to Bill, Bill, or it's a tribute bluegrass album, or something of that that nature. But I've kind of, but I really, you know, I don't want to copy him or anything like that, and he wouldn't want me to. But I've found my own my own influences mm-hmm. of of the country that that make inspire me to do what I do. But it's more of his personality that I feel like I've mm. uh, attached myself to things like you know, his, his funny wit. I love his, he was very funny and mm-hmm. I you know I consider myself a comedian uh and um but just as far as like how I rigidly run my band and very take it very seriously like that like he was very much like that you know he took mm-hmm. music very seriously and he's he's very serious about his band 
always dressing nice and and the image they conveyed because he wanted his music to be taken seriously and i mm-hmm. i find myself that way very very much you know so i feel like i adopt a lot of his personality traits uh more so than uh well, more so than uh just emulating musically what he did right. I'm trying right. to do my own thing yeah but i feel like a lot of his personality rubbed off on me and i, I like that so you've got a new record which isn't bluegrass but i hear some bluegrass licks in there there's a little bit but it feels more more in line with kind of honky tonk i hear a little bit of cash showing up in there so tell me about the new record it's it's out now it's called uh um when the rain came is that right yes when the rain came yep uh yeah i'm i'm real excited about this album i uh i had too, too much of a break. My last album came out in 2015. Okay. And, uh, it's been a little and, while. Uh, so I was like, I was due. Yeah, I don't know. I, time got away from me or something, and I just kind of uh, got away from it. But um, this album um, was very, it was, this album was, for me was a very uh, spread my wings kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, I, uh, on my first album, I was doing Million Dollar Quartet. Uh, in Chicago, the Broadway show, you know, I was playing Elvis, Johnny Cash, and Carl Perkins. I was mm. playing one of one of the three of them. And so when I did my first album uh, in 2013, Unbreakable Heart, I was very, in I was very, I felt compelled to like. And these were the songs on that album, were songs I've written over the years. But I felt compelled to like give it a Sun Records rockabilly. Mm kind of essence to it or whatever, mm-hmm. like a blend mm-hmm. between Sun Records and Bakersfield kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I recorded it that way in the studio. And then and then the next album, The Flag the Bible Bill Monroe, I kinda did that one a lot more uh a lot closer to, to my natural feel because I was I was kinda like I didn't like that I tried to like emulate something for the first album. Mm-hmm. Or trying to do a fags. I got so many Rockabilly friends and and you know they they want to go record at Sun Records. And they want to buy the original console and record and stuff like that. And and I, there's that whole <laughs> desire to chase that. And, yeah. You know, like I tell them, like, listen, guys, Sam Phillips would have used Pro Tools if he had it. Right. You know, right, like yeah. you know, it's like Sam Phillips was using the best equipment he had. He wasn't purposely trying to use outdated uh, gear. And mm-hmm. that's not what makes that's not what made Elvis Presley and Johnny Cash great. Right. Um, so, with the flag of Bible Bill Monroe, I recorded that one on my own uh, in a studio in Chicago. I just rented out a studio and recorded it. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a good tracking engineer, but I'm not that great a recording engineer. And so, uh, I was closer to the essence on that one of what I wanted. But for this album, I, I kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, I know what I want to do. I know I know visually or uh, audio, uh, audio visually what I want to do with it and i was like i'm gonna find me the right studio engineer that will speak my language so i can just go in there and and be a producer on it right. and and do my own sound and that was kind of what i do and the first thing i did was uh, uh two of the songs on the album were co-produced with pete anderson who i'm a big fan of with all his production of the dwight yokum uh catalog and mm-hmm. playing guitar for dwight and uh, he lives right down the road here from me in LA and plays plays a little moose lodge and stuff once a week and so I'd hang out with him and meet him and I mean uh, I, I like know most all of his guitar legs because I was a huge fan of mm. his guitar playing so I had the opportunity to work with him 
and I really wanted to uh, get his, I guess, insight uh, on my songs or maybe his approval of my music and kind of wanted to see what, what vision he had mm-hmm. for, for my songs. So I went in with a couple tunes with him. I, I played him all my songs as well as the album, and he liked them all. And he picked out the couple he thought we should do first. And we recorded them, and um, I learned a lot from him in his studio. And he did a great job, and it was a real cool relationship. But uh, kind of kind of what he taught me off of his instincts, uh, I, I kind of learned of like, you know what, I, I've got to start trusting myself. I was like, I think I know everything I want to do with my music, and I'm like waiting around for someone else to... Uh, tell me that and and mm-hmm. working with Pete kind of showed me to trust he, he t- showed me to trust my own instincts because he kind of validated that in me and I was like here I am like uh, you know uh, not trusting my own instincts and so then I produced the rest of the album on my own I just mm. the other the other eight tracks uh, I was like okay well I've got 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 the got the wheels started with the first two tracks with Pete and I was like I'm gonna trust myself with the rest of the album and go into another found another great engineer studio and i just knocked it all we recorded it in like a matter of a couple of weeks mm. and i just trusted my instincts and um by doing that i was just like i was really i was really happy with it yeah. just what i was, was putting out i was just like if i'm hearing something then that's what i should do and i think a lot of, i think for a lot of uh, my career i've heard stuff but then like questioned like well is that right and it's like Get to get over there. Like it's not anything to do with rights. About what is my instincts on stuff, and mm-hmm. what is it that appeals mm-hmm. to me? And so I've kind of just bridged on this album, really branched out into trusting myself, and really giving myself permission to do what I what what I feel to do. And yeah. so um, I, I really I was really pleased with uh, the way a lot of the songs uh, turned out on the album, and, and you know they're they're very um, I feel like they're very eclectically different. Uh, on the album because it's not just like 10 songs of shuffles or you know 10 songs of all sound the same thing right right it's like it's a, the whole album is a very is a blend yeah of you know like foot stomping music yeah combined with you know something a little fun and comedic combined with something real deep and dark combined with something that's real yeah light and so so i've i've I felt pretty good when i was putting the album together like i kind of wanted a whole piece of of like I feel like the whole album needs one of each of these types of songs. Right, I feel right, like right. check that out yeah. for the album. Yeah. Well, it it turned out really good. I really enjoyed listening listening through it, and uh, certainly um, wish you great success with it. If folks want to um, want to purchase the album, want to listen to the music, uh, catch up, catch a show somewhere. I know you're playing quite a bit out on the uh, west coast out there. What's the best way to for them to get in touch and find out all that information? Oh, go to uh, michaelmonroegoodman.com, and you can, that's my website, and I mm-hmm. try and keep it uh, up to date with all the, the gigs around here and the latest music and stuff like that, or they can find me on all those social media things, uh, at Michael Monroe Goodman. Uh, that's my handle on all of them. Or just search in Michael Monroe Goodman. Luckily, I'm the only one with that name. Right. And so you can follow me on Instagram. I'm not the best at the social media stuff. I usually post gigs and stuff on there, but I'm I'm, I'm learning how to yeah. be more involved with uh, uh, of using it as as more of a platform. You know, I'm old school and grew up performing in front of people, so right. just learning how to learning how to also connect with the people or like connect with fans and kind of entertain them through 
social media posts too. I'm kind of learning how to do that just so I can yeah. better uh, connect with the fans because I want to do that for them. Uh, you know, so, but yeah, but you can find me all those places and, uh, yeah, I'm playing a lot in, um, right now playing a lot of, in California, just got back from being out East in Birmingham and Kentucky, okay. but I'll be, uh, touring up North a little bit, um, in the winter up in Wyoming and play out in Vegas, uh, every other month or so and play in Arizona a lot, awesome. travel out to Arizona okay. a lot. So yeah, I got the, just got the, the touring van back today from maintenance so looking to stay out on the road and, that's awesome and, uh, yeah yeah cool good unless i can well thank you michael i appreciate it thank I you enjoyed hearing your story and uh, I, l- I love that history that you've got there and um thank you. wish you the best with it and and uh we'll look forward to the bluegrass records when you get around to those too so oh yeah one day awesome. one yeah day I will, so sure <laughs> yeah good well thank All you right. michael all right, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.